Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome back to another edition of the Talking Rock Podcast. I'm here with Joey Haney. Joey, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. Happy New Year. Yeah, I guess we haven't spoken yet this this uh, this year of 2019. So great to talk with you. I hope you and Nola had a great holiday. And I am I'm excited for 2019. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic about uh, rock music and hard rock in general for the new year. It seems like it's going to be a little better. You know, they they say that every time, but. You know, I, I hope to listen to more records, new records okay. uh, in the new year. And I, I, I didn't listen to as many as I wanted to this year, but, uh, you know, we'll see. When you say records, do you actually mean the physical vinyl or you just mean albums? Um, a little bit of both. I, I do about half and half. I still do. Uh, the, the way I do it is, I you know, I definitely consider vinyl an investment, especially the way they're going to price them nowadays. You know, right. right. Obviously, the labels smell money, so they're going to. <laughs> they're going to keep them pretty uh, high and tight there. But, you know, there's, there's some cool indie labels that keep it under 20. And I like that our barometer is, ooh, under 20, phew. But, like, basically, you know, I'll buy them on CD or I'll download them off of iTunes. And if if, if I like the album enough, then I will invest in them as, you know, as vinyl. So that's kind of how I do it nowadays. I don't know if anybody else does it that way, but... right. That's well, my rationale. I was I was in New York City yesterday, and I was walking up Seventh Avenue, and on the corner of Seventh Ave and Fortieth Street, there was a guy just set up with like a table, and he was selling vinyl, used vinyl, on the street. And I couldn't believe the prices the guy w- was asking. I mean, I, I don't know if it was just New York City or, or what was going on, but like he had Thriller, uh, Michael Jackson Thriller, going for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. These are used copies, which I would sure. think that's probably worth about $3. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just, y- y- the Salvation Army, I think you could get it for a, a lot less than 20 bucks. He had all sorts of stuff. Um, I mean, he had a lot of vinyl sitting out there. And he was asking for Black Sabbath Volume Four, sixty dollars. Is yeah, that what? I can believe that. Really, like Black yeah, I mean, Sabbath I, I, Volume know, Four, a, one of my favorite all-time albums for sure. But a used copy of that, sixty bucks. Well, I don't know how well researched this guy is, and I'm not sure which pressings you were looking at. I'm going to get into real dorky stuff here but you know i work secondhand vinyl i don't like to disclose the place i work at on air but because uh, sometimes i talk shit but you know a, a a used copy of thriller right no matter what edition is if it's in good shape you can easily get 25 no questions asked most places down here you can for sure so i can imagine in new york city that's a layup 20 dollars uh the sabbath one depending on the pressing if it's an older pressing then you could get sixty for it on the collector's market. Really? So maybe this guy has a, uh, maybe he has a smartphone with access to discogs and knows how to check condition. Maybe he was pricing them willy nilly. Who knows? But those uh, honestly and sadly aren't unrealistic prices. Wow. Because here I just right now I googled it. You know, Black Sabbath Volume Four vinyl. Here, here it's at Barnes and Noble for Barnes and No. Is it Barnes and Nobles or Bar- Barnes and Noble for? Nope. 20 about 20 bucks yeah and that's the that's the latest rhino reissue right exactly you know yeah. and those are fine the, the the new ones are fine and i'm not a snob when it comes to original pressings versus reissues 
whatever has the best sound quality is the one I'm going to get. Right. Uh, and sometimes it's the older copy. Sometimes it's the newer copy, honestly. But, you know, there's people that just need to have that original version. So that's why there's still a, a massive collector's market for older editions. No matter how much they dress them up, there's still going to be that fan base that has to have that original no matter what. But, you know, I'm, I'm here and there. It doesn't matter to me as long as it sounds good and it looks good. So. Yeah, well, here I'm, you know, I'm Googling it as we speak. And, yeah, I'm seeing Black Sabbath Volume 4 sealed original mm-hmm. pressing. Is that yeah. – I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, that would be bucks. like 1971, yeah. 99, 99 bucks. yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that it, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, here is the Black Sabbath Volume 4 rare audiophile press vinyl, 180 grams. That's 40 bucks. Ooh. Black Sabbath Volume oh. Four Vintage Vinyl Sealed, sixty-five bucks. All right, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Seems crazy to me. Seems crazy. Yeah, so. I mean, it's like each individual title. They're like a stock, you know. It just yeah. depends on, you know, where the popularity is right now, and even that factor of you know the kids that are getting into it, and you know what do they want to listen to? Like, like I said, you were talking about Thriller, like a, a Thriller and a Rumors, and even like a Toto Four in this last year. Right. Like just skyrocketed, you know, so you can easily get $20 for that without anyone even batting an eye. So, yeah. Wow. Um, okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's the thing, you know, it's, uh, yeah. You just gotta, I always keep my eye out for sales and <laughs> like, you know, sometimes Amazon has good prices. I, I can't dog them for that. Um, you know, I try to keep it mom and pop as much as I can, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a jungle out there for sure. Cool. Cool. Well, we are still in the beginning of 2019 here, but looking back on 2018, were there any releases that sparked your fancy that you kind of wanted to give a shout out to? Yeah, sure. I got a handful I can talk about. I was like definitely a late bloomer into 2018. There were so many things going on just in personal life and, and what have you. And I, you know, I never tried to you know, put the podcast aside, but I definitely didn't do any new music episodes at all, which I'm pretty embarrassed about this year. But once I finally got into listening to some new records, I did find some good stuff, especially on the rock end. And uh, a lot of it was definitely leaning more punk rock, garage rock and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, which, which is definitely due to me listening a lot to underground garage. That's definitely my go-to channel on Sirius most of the time. But, um, you know, I, I found some, uh, and and here's the other thing is a lot of bands are just doing EPs now. And, you know, of course, shorter right. albums, we're talking about the vinyl thing. So yeah. like a lot of these albums are like 30, 35 minutes long, which is fine if the quality's there. Um, you know, I grew up on a 35 minute record, so I have no problem with that. But uh, some things really surprised me. Um, one of the newer bands, I guess they've been around for a few years, but there's a band out of Sweden with a really crazy name called Death by Ungabunga. Don't know. And okay. Yeah, yeah, they basically sound like uh, they, and maybe just because of where they're from, that Sweden, Scandinavia area, uh, they sound a little bit like Turbo Negro. Okay, um, mixed with somebody else, I can't really nail it down, but really cool. Just uh, probably more like the Helicopters. I'm sure you're familiar with the Helicopters in the past. Yes, um, definitely. They, they they sound like those guys too. It's a little bit of both of those bands. So if you like those two bands, definitely check out Death by Ungabunga. They have an album out called So Far So Good So Cool. That was one of my top albums of the year. Um, somebody I didn't expect to hear from uh, was uh, under a different name, and it's actually fronted by Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. And he put out a real, real 
cool basic like garage rock really? album. It's it's not even so much a punk rock album. It's just very garage, very catchy, and, and you know he's got about six other bands besides Green Day that he does on the side. And uh, so yeah, the Long Shot and Mark, you you got to check this out. This is going to be a surprise for anybody that listens to my show that doesn't listen to this show. When I post the best albums of the year, this is definitely making the list. A surprise cover at the very end of the album. Uh, does Ozzy's Goodbye to Romance on there. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you were a Billy Joe or Green Day fan at all, but... Yeah, a little um, bit. I mean, back in the day, I, I had a few of their things, you know. Yeah. But he does a... You know, no... I think bands like that that are a little more, you know, basic, if you will. I'm not disparaging him by saying that. Uh, not going to really throw down on the Randy Rhodes solo so much, but it's a really nice cover so i just wanted to bring that up as well so cool and you know real on a on a side note there you mentioned uh turbo negro negro briefly i don't know if you you saw but hank von hell actually uh re-emerged in 2018 with a with a new release i don't know if you checked that out i, I heard uh, there was a couple of videos up up that were interesting and uh, i mean i'm not raving about the record because i didn't fully dive into it but there was one or two of the music videos that i saw posted that uh, actually sounded pretty good yeah i haven't heard that yet and I, I love hank and you know of course i came in listening to turbo negro around 2000 and he was the lead singer and then turbo negro also puts out a new album in 2018 with their new singer so um i'm excited about all of of it i i don't think that there's any reason to pick a side i'm just uh glad there'd be you know possibly two new quality albums and i didn't get a chance to listen to either of them this year which is embarrassing for someone like me who's a fan of both of those things but i did see that hank is coming to my neck of the woods pretty soon so really okay. i might just go go see the show you know and just if i like it i'll just buy the record there which is always the way to go when it comes to supporting independent artists, for sure. Wow! All right, so he's going on tour. I gotta look. Uh, I gotta look for that because I'd love to see him. I, I I remember reading about him a number of years ago that he had kicked his drugs and and alcohol problems, and he was now a Scientologist. Which, uh, knowing just <laughs> just knowing how how Hank von Hell has been throughout the years, I wasn't sure if that was legit or not, or just kind of like something they they spun to be a wild story you know i I don't know i i hope that that's a wild story just for personal reasons but i do remember on uh turbo negro this is real random but uh one of their albums back i think it was oh five or oh six called party animals right and i love that back with yeah it's a great rock and roll album and uh most people don't watch the you know whenever they were putting out extra dvds to like help entice buy the cd I remember watching the DVD for that one, and one of the big like features was uh, Hank was getting back into shape. He got clean, and he was they they showed his workout routine, and right. and one of his one of his workout routines besides just going to the gym was because of the where they live. He just you know climbed the mountains, you know, just like walked around on these real huge you know peaks and valleys that they have out there, and that was half of his. Uh, workout routine i just remember going oh that's that's nice that he's getting his life together i just thought it was a weird thing to put on your band's dvd but you know yeah yeah Yeah, i I vaguely remember watching that too and (laughs) and that album you mentioned by the way party animals has one of my favorite songs like period uh, city of satan which is just so good when it it like does this turn towards the end where these this 
almost orchestra feel like Beatles, Beatles esque, almost Sergeant Pepper's esque, uh, ending to that song. So good. City of Satan by Turbo Negro yeah. from 2005. Definitely check that out. If, if you haven't heard it guys. Yeah. You, I, when I first listened to them in 2000, a Scandinavian leather record and much like what they did on party animals there, it's like, this sounds like, uh, it sounds like Bob Ezrin albums. Like it's, it's, it's got that Alice Cooper kiss vibe to yeah. it. Of course. Cheap trick. At times. With, yeah. Mixed with punk rock, but then it has that Ezrin thing where the orchestra and piano comes in sometimes. It's like, this is like epic rock production and totally. th- those albums sound so good, man. I love that stuff. <laughs> cool. Cool. What else from 2018? Any other, any other honorable mentions? Um, yeah, you know, you know, I want to mention a couple of surprises for me. You know, there, there's some obvious stuff out there. You know, mo- most of them leaning towards metal, like the Priest album and the Ghost album and stuff like that. But the two that really surprised me uh, of the Billion Frontiers records releases this year, uh, probably my favorite that I uh, at least gave a chance and listened to was uh, Graham Bonnet's new record. Uh, the, of course, the legendary right. Graham Bonnet. Rainbow and, MSG, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what have you? Alcatraz, I mean, yeah. yeah, I I think there was maybe like a couple of songs on there that were kind of like eh, but out of thirteen songs, I mean, he pulled a really strong album out, and cool. that voice, man, just the iconic voice, still there. And another surprise cover song, he covers Tina Turner's "We Don't Need Another Hero." Wow, from <laughs> Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, yeah, that song. And just to hear him sing that is pretty great. I got to say, it definitely amped up my overall enjoyment of the album. But yeah, it, it's got that Alcatraz feel to it for the most part. It's very metal. So he, he still has his voice. He's still got some power. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's cool. a lot of oomph in there. So Good. it makes okay. me disappointed. I, he actually came to town recently, and I didn't go, and I really should have gone. So uh, hopefully he'll do us the honor of coming back because – I got to see him live because he's just one of my favorite rock voices of all time. And speaking of voices, um, you know, it's, it's rough when bands have to replace a member and it's very cliche, of course, especially in, in death. Uh, there's not a lot of acceptance there most of the time. And I think you probably think I'm going to talk about Alice in Chains. I actually right. never gave that record a fair shake and I yeah, need to, I still haven't. I actually probably going to massively dive into this whole decade. I won't give too much away about what I'm doing with rock strikes 10 in the coming year, but I went ahead and gave the new stone temple pilots a chance. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. Oh, really? And for cool. someone that really, for someone that really holds up those, I hold up their second through fifth record, like really high up there. I wasn't a big fan of the first album. I think it's probably just due to the overplayed on the radio kind of thing. But I think they actually got a little poppier and catchier on their second album anyway. So that's kind of more my speed. Cool. But this guy that they got singing for him, yeah, he sounds like Scott Weiland. But, you know, that's probably the side you should be hedging your bets on if you're going to you know, hire a singer because it seems to work out sometimes at least. So you might as well go that route. Yeah. And I got to say the, the overall, you know, trip that you take on some of those older stunt pilots records, the, 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 the rocking parts and even the ballads and really the ballads are where it was at on this record. There's a song on there that like really, really emotional called, um, the art of letting go. And, it just was a good record. I have to give it up for him. They hired a good singer. And I even heard, you know, I heard a live set of them and he does the old songs justice. 
And he almost kind of looks like a young Graham Bonnet, weirdly enough. That's a weird tie-in, but um, yeah. So I, I gotta, I gotta say that the new Stuntable Pilots album was probably the biggest surprise I had all year. It's not like in my top five, right? But it's, it's probably in that, you know, ten through fifteen range. Cool. If I was ranking them, was do so you have, have your to top say. five in front of you right now? Yeah, my overall top five leans all the genres, you know. Right. So and. I still have. I'm, I'm recording the show today, and I haven't gone with the actual, you know, order. But I have to say, off the top, well, of if my you want to save it for your show, that's that's cool. You know, whatever you want to do. Nah, yeah. no, nah, this is a nice. Uh, it'll probably come out around the same time. Yeah, anyway, and Joey's so. show, guys, is Rock Strikes Ten. You mentioned it uh, briefly before, and it's available on iTunes. And we suggest that everyone check it out and subscribe to it. Oh well, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say top five off the top of my head. Uh, you know, definitely Night Flight Orchestra, Sometimes the World Enough is in there. We haven't talked about that record this year. Did yeah. you get the chance to? I listened I to a couple not, songs. It didn't really other... grab me, um, unfortunately. Yeah. I really wanted it to, but yeah. This one definitely, it was definitely more of a grower, and I know that sounds cliche, meaning right. it's not right. as no. good. And it's not. It's not as good as the first three. But they've been putting out an album a year, basically. So I guess, you know, these things will happen. But the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. And I think you have to, like, not listen to the other ones as much. And then this one will kind of, like, you know. And it's like they're they're kind of their worst competition in my ears right now. So, you know, since they have all these other really enjoyable records. Right. But, you know, compared to other bands' releases this year, it's dynamite. But compared to their old stuff from the last three four years it's not as good so it depends on what barometer you want to rank it for but I, i'd say if you're just listening to it in the context of everybody else's records it's it's a totally cool record so it definitely went a little uh, it definitely went even poppier and even more in that range it's almost like they're taking the journey of the aor scene you know like right, right. hey there's a little here's a little bit more disco in here and here's you know Here's a little bit more like, you know, REO Speedwagon type stuff, you know, but, you know, it's still fun. It's still not polite. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, to um, give it a real listen. What else? Uh, the new Smashing Pumpkins album. I'm a big pumpkin Yeah, fan, man. Uh, I mean, what I heard of that, you know, was, was just great. And again, that's another one I need to dive into. And Rick Rubin producing it, I believe. Yeah. So I, what I heard of that was really good. Yeah, I mean, Rick always has the best engineers, and I always call them the guys that really produce the album because, you know, Rick is more of an A&R guy, which is, you know, there's different types of producers, and he's definitely an AOR type, uh, A&R type guy, excuse me. But, yeah, the guy that engineered this, I don't have his name in front of me, but, man, just killer production on there. And it's like a 35-minute album, once again. It left me wanting more, and this is supposed to be album one of three, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, okay. loved it. Um, seven out of eight songs, as far as like just thumbs up. So, uh, of course, the Ghost record prequel. Yeah, I, love I it. think that's on every list I saw. It was like at least top three. I think on every like rock or metal site. Yep. I think. Did you see any exception to that? Because I sure didn't. I mean, I wasn't really paying real close attention to everyone's lists, but yeah, it seemed like it, the the handful of lists that I did read, it was it was up there for sure. Yeah, and um, I think I had the priest somewhere between six and ten, which is it's an awesome record. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, I I got to say the hardcore superstar. You can't kill my rock and roll. That album is so fun. 
so inspiring. Like for like you're an M3 attendee. Anybody that would ever consider going to M3, hardcore superstar should be in your in your uh, playlist. I mean, they are just that is the absolute spirit of, of what this is all about. I mean, it's it sounds like Sunset Strip stuff, uh, but it's it doesn't sound dated somehow. I don't know how, but they're just a great band, you know, once again from Sweden and right. they're just super fun records. Like cool. you can't kill my rock and roll by hardcore superstar is the, you know, the album that people haven't heard yet that they should. So they're from Sweden. I always thought they were like West coast or something, but wow. Cool. No, no, but they sure sound like it. I mean, they, yeah. they have the embodiment of that entire era and the singer is definitely, it's definitely Axel Tammy down or, Branded, if that's how you like your vocalist, I have no problem with either of those guys. So if you like, it's like power sleaze. I mean, there's definitely some anthems like all throughout this album. There's only one bad song on the record. You'll know it when you hear it. Uh, but get that record. You can't kill my rock and roll by hardcore superstar. I think that's five, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Four or five. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Stuff I definitely want to check out and. Have you, uh, I don't know if we spoke about this on, on one of the prior episodes, but have you uh, got any concert tickets for for this year as of yet? Yeah, I'm going to three in February, actually. Wow. It's going to be a All good right. month. What, what, what three? Um, well, D. Snyder, who had rescheduled from a canceled uh, date from cool. fall, finally going to get to see a, uh, this is going to be my second solo D show, which is. I've never seen a solo D show. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that I can live in Texas my whole life for the most part, and this is going to be my second solo D show. He came to town when he was promoting Strangeland, I guess, with some of the radio stations and TV stations and stuff. And he did this like just last minute show at this club. And I found out about it like two days before and I went and there was nobody there. But this is a true testament to D. And I hold him in the top five frontmen of all time. He's on my Mount Rushmore. And it sounds cliche, but he played that show like it was, you know, a sold out mass in Square Garden. He was on fire, running around the stage, singing every word. I mean, D. Snyder, yeah. one of the greatest performers of all time. So I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to seeing him do the solo show. The the new album wasn't my favorite album of the year. Yeah, nice me neither. A lot of people really loved it. I, I heard uh, like it was one or two tracks that kind of grabbed my attention, but uh, I don't know. Sure. It didn't really suck me in. Yeah, I liked. I definitely liked the Wid- Widowmaker albums better as, as it concerns uh, D without Twisted. But you know, I. You know, and he, he did a lot of damage control right after the album came out because he basically was like, no, I, I didn't write any of this album at all, you know. So, <laughs> really? Wow. But, uh, yeah, he, he right out front said, he said Jamie Josta wrote most most of the record and a few other people. So, yeah, it's it's not really even like, it's not really his words, you know, like it's someone else writing what they think D might want to say. So there's that. Wow, I did not uh, know that. Wow. Yeah, of course, going to see Kiss. Uh, Kiss's Dallas uh, date is in February. And according to Paul Stanley, once we play your town, that's it. So going to that, there's uh, there's a show in Louisiana in the fall that I'm considering going to. We're kind of doing that wait and see, like, like how much are we going to like the show? So if we like it, we're going to try to go to the one in Louisiana in the fall. But that being said, 
a long-awaited artist to come to America just as a headline guy. Supposedly, Danko Jones is touring, uh, you know, in 2019, and he's doing like at least a dozen dates throughout the states, and Dallas is supposedly one of them. As of this recording, he's supposed to be playing uh, one of my favorite clubs in Dallas. So we'll see. That's the tentative third show. I, I sure hope for that, February though. That would be in February. Like they, they yeah. wouldn't have it announced already. It's weird, man. Like uh, I keep seeing it, it announced on certain sites, and then the last few times when I've gone to his website, it hasn't really been there. So that being said, I'm going to try right now. So all right, cool. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I got. Uh, I, I going to the see. The symphony in a few weeks. I've never been to the symphony. Well, that's not true. I haven't been to the symphony in a long time. I'm going to see the symphony, uh, New Jersey symphony do, uh, do Beethoven. So that should be interesting. I got Queensryche and Fate's Warning together on March 9th. I got Ozzy Osbourne at the Garden. I believe that's in March too. I have Kiss or maybe kisses at the kiss at the garden there is like march or april and then i bought yeah that thing about we're not going to play your town twice well they're playing manhattan which is in new york city and then they're coming back sure. around and playing like 10 miles from manhattan uh in in new jersey and then like probably like six miles well, even less than that like 5 miles from manhattan in brooklyn so uh, which is is you know, basically the same town, you know, so I don't, I don't know why he said that. Cause it does seem like they're maybe, maybe this, not the same arena, but yeah, sure. I don't know. I know that I garden show for kiss sold out like immediately, but the, the Newark and Brooklyn shows weren't selling. They were selling, but not quite as, as fast. And it seemed like there were still some decent seats available for both those shows as of a week or so ago. Um, yeah, I had a little add-on to our conversation we did talking about what we wanted to see out of the Farewell Kiss tour. And I thought about it again later on. It's kind of kind of similar to what I wanted, but I thought it'd be so cool since they're doing like three years, you know, why not kind of go back to, you know, they used to play these great, even in the 80s, they'd play these secondary markets that never really got a whole lot of love. Uh, you know, like... Uh, you know, just as a kid living in Texas, I grew up in Abilene, Texas during my elementary school years and nobody right. came to see our ass. Like a few people did, but we literally would have like one rock show a year. And most of those years it was kiss. Wow. Cool. So they would actually come there. I finally, when I was finally uh, able to convince my, my dad to take me to a show, it was in 88, it was poison. And that was our one rock show that year. So that was oh, my first concert. Cool. But, but like, it'd be cool if they would play like some of those smaller cities. I could see you them know, doing maybe, that. They've done that in the past, you know? Yeah. Like maybe you can't have the big show, but maybe that's the show or those are the shows where you maybe, you know, dig a little deeper and, you know, right. it's almost kind of understood that that's what it's going to be. And, you know, I even think the, the older fans would still love to go to those, especially if you're, you know, doing, you know, slightly more obscure stuff from the first six albums or something like that. Just keeping it to that. Yeah. But you know, I think, and I've said it time and time again, all they have to do is go through their singles discography and you're still going to find a great set list in there that they ignore quite a bit of those songs, which yeah, is weird. It's true. It's true. I agree. Anyway, yeah. Well, it should be interesting to see what they what they have in store for us. I am definitely looking forward to seeing Kiss. And who else? I got Maiden coming up. 
there's stuff definitely is kind of starting to fill in our calendar. Um, but the one that I'm really, really excited about, a guy who just turned 70, who I've never seen in concert and have always been a massive fan. It was kind of, you know, my parents were really into him, and I, I just always loved his music and still do to this day. Billy Joel. We're going to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden on February, you know, on Friday, April 12th. So that is going to be a special night. I cannot wait for that. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, Billy at the Garden is iconic. I mean, uh, I'm jealous. I, I, you know, I, you know, especially that middle era of Billy, you know, like late 70s through the mid 80s. I mean, that's just, uh, that's great stuff in my opinion. And, you know, there's always supposedly some surprises at those garden shows. Yeah, yeah. He plays the garden once a month. It's be- it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's just, it's just every month there's a there's a Billy Joel show at the garden. And you're right, he's brought out special guests like Joe Perry and uh, who else? Was Brian, Brian Johnson? Johnson. Yeah, I not- would have loved to have been at that show. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Now, Axel was a, a special guest, too, at a show, I believe. But I don't think that was at the Garden. I think that was somewhere else, maybe L.A. or Chicago or somewhere. But, uh, yeah, he, he has – oh, the guy's in Foreigner. He got Lou Graham and, and Mick Jones back on stage together a number of years ago. Of course, Mick Jones produced one of Billy Joel's – records what record was that stormfront i think i I think that was the one he did yeah sounds right yeah yeah so i you know special guests or no special guests or surprise or no surprise i am absolutely looking forward to uh seeing billy joel at madison square garden on april 12th that'll be a great night nice man like i said super jealous i uh, i would love that that's definitely a bucket list for any decent music fan is to go see Billy Joel at the Garden. You know, and and I want to see Elton John too. Is on this this oh. farewell tour, but it's like his his concert dates in this area. They're right at the same time as the Queensrÿche concert, so yeah. which makes it tough because it's like I, I it's hard to go out two nights in a row and get a babysitter and expensive yeah. and. Uh, I yeah. was still. I'm, I'm such an Elton fan. I would definitely say do it because it's right. worth it. Because a few years ago when I saw him, it was one of the best shows. Really? Okay. Because when sure. when he played like one of those award shows, like within the last year, he played an award show, and I thought he sounded miserable. And maybe it was just a bad night for him. I don't know, but I thought he sounded yeah, pretty bad. Know, his vocals aren't as great as they used to be, but it's one of those things. He definitely has a strong band that that helps that props him up quite a bit. Cool. You know, it's not like Brian Wilson or anything, who I love, you know, of course. But, you know, Brian's at this point kind of a mascot for his own music. Um, Ellen is at least trying. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's still worth it to go see him. I mean, maybe he dropped off a lot in the last three years. I don't know. But I peaked the set list because I was still curious because I, I, I saw too. one of the best set lists ever. And I was like, man, that's a strong set list. Yeah, definitely. Hard to argue with. So, Yeah. I, I hope you get a chance. I really Yeah, do. okay. Well you're you're almost convincing me. I'll have to re examine what the, the local dates are. Um but yeah, man, well uh it's always great talking with you, Joey, and we should get back together and do another one of these real soon. Do you wanna is there a certain song you wanna play to take us out? Oh goodness. Um hey, just for the sake of it, since I brought it up so early. Um, tell you what, you, you choose between the two random covers I brought up early in the show. Do you want to hear uh, Billy Joe and the long shot doing goodbye to romance? Or do you want to hear Graham Bonnet do we don't need another hero? Ooh, I, 
I think I'm going to, I mean, they both sound interesting, but I, I would think I want to go with Graham Bonnet doing the, the Tina Turner Mad Max classic, right? Um, that sounds, yeah, why not, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, cool. Cool, so where's the best... Holly Knight, by the way. So. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Where's the best place people can uh, get in, in touch with you online, Joey? Uh, you know, directly, I'd say just go to the Facebook, find me on there uh, through Rock Strikes 10, uh, through uh, just Joey Haney, my page, uh, cnjradio.com, which is host of all of these shows, including Talking Rock. And we're proud to have it on there for sure. Yeah, we're proud uh, to be, be there. You guys have been checking out. Yeah, I hope you guys have been checking out the uh, 2018 wrap ups that we've been doing. Um, all, all three of 2018 will be up as of this recording for sure. Of course, they're going to predate this episode. Yeah, and, which is uh, great because show. we lost our old RSS feed. So what Joey has done is kind of gone back and, and made some best of episodes that includes a lot of the great stuff that we uh, we did, interviews and, and our conversation from 2018. So there's a lot of great content there. So definitely check those best of episodes out, guys. Yeah, good long episodes there as opposed to the half hours that we normally do. So. <laughs> and you can also subscribe to Talking Rock on iTunes and leave us a review there. We'd appreciate that. Yeah, thanks to everybody who's done that so far because that's really helped uh, the search on us for sure. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody. Cool. All right, man. Well, I wanted to say that I'm on Patreon, actually, and... You guys can support me there. It supports all my podcasting, all my video efforts, everything that I do. It is just a, a, a really great way to support me and all my online endeavors. And we lost a few Patreon supporters at the end of 2019. So I'd really love to get a few more people in the loop. You can do as little as $5 a month. You could even do $2 a month, whatever you can afford. Um, but if you do $5 a month or more, I will mail you out a Talking Metal t-shirt. Just let me know your address and your shirt size, and I'll make sure that gets out to you. And you just go to Patreon and search Talking Metal or search Mark Striegel, and my page will pop up there. So I'm going to really be giving that a big push here in 2019. You can also visit me on TalkingMetal.com or TalkingRock.net. Use our Amazon links to make purchases uh, on Amazon. Buy whatever the heck you want. Just it's an additional step. You go through our links to open your Amazon page, and you can uh, you can do that if you live in the United States, Canada, or the UK. We have Amazon links for, for each one of those places. And I'm on Twitter, too, at Talking Metal. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, so look for me at all those places. Out of the From the wreckage Can't make the same mistake This time We are the children The last generation We are the ones they left behind When we're ever gonna change it Living under the fear Till nothing else remains We don't need another hero We don't need 
to be something 